Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. We're two games into the NBL season for the Adelaide 36ers. We didn't quite get the results we were after, but it's a short turnaround. Thursday night, back in Tasmania, so let's hope that things turn around there. So plenty to talk about on the show this week, and of course we'll have all of our awards thanks to thanks to our, our sponsors, but let's get straight into it. I'm Chris Pike, and the man that you want to hear his opinions of very quickly, the only man involved in every Adelaide 36ers championship, Scott Ninnis. How do we find you this week? Very deflated, Chris. Mm. It was, uh, you know... Uh, we, we Deja vu. Deja vu, isn't it? <laughs> it? It feels like last season all over again very quickly. Well, I'm going swimmingly. I, I predicted it to be 2-0 two, two by now, and I, I just got the order around the wrong way, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's, uh, it is disappointing. I, I guess, once again, the beauty of this league is you do get that really quick chance to uh, turn things around. And, and Thursday night against the Jack Jumpers in, in Tassie and then back here on Sunday... Uh, you know, gives us an opportunity to hopefully square the ledger uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, let's hope so. So we've got a big show planned. We'll hear from CJ Bruton last week where we turn him over to you on our Ask the Coach segment thanks to Sports Card World. One of our listeners will win a very special Upper Deck Space Jam prize pack. So we are, ha- we are delighted that we got so many questions for CJ. So we'll, we'll have that segment for you later on. We'll have our Player of the Year segment where we get some votes from from you, Scott, from those first two games, of course, we've got another Australian Motors Mitsubishi prize pack to give away this season. So we'll let our listeners decide our player of the week as well. Thanks to All Star Photos for helping make this show possible as well. And, and of course, Premium Wine Tours. Now, let's let's have a look at those results, Scott, from, from round one. It started Friday night in Perth with the Wildcats beating the 36ers 85-73 and then backing up on Sunday at the Entertainment Centre. The Illawarra Hawks, 81, beat the 36ers, 71. Before we go into both of those games in a bit more detail, um, how disappointing were you feeling Sunday night to be 0-2 and two after such a promising lead-up to the season? Oh, very much so. I think, um, you know, you've probably got to keep it in context. You know, we're playing against, you know, Perth in Perth and, and, and then Illawarra at home who, you know, a lot of pundits uh, certainly expect to be there at the business end of the mm. season. But well, it was probably more the way we went about it in that game versus Illawarra. Um, you know, the, I felt the scoreline probably flattered us a little bit in the end and, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of whiffers on the day. And uh, it's just disappointing, I think, when it's your first game at home. It's, yeah. uh, it's a new season. There, there's new people there watching the game and, you just want to see a, a you know a great hit out and make sure we get all those fans back the week after it and hopefully for the rest of the season. Um, there's certainly no no shame in losing to Perth in Perth, which uh, as we all know most teams will do this year. Um, but uh, you know to lose that first game at home and uh, you know to, to come out of half time and um, you know not put our best foot forward was you know was very disappointing. But um, I know that. Uh, you know, once again, there's a quick turnaround. We have the opportunity to correct things very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, starting with that Friday night game in Perth, um, I mean, it, it wasn't a terrible performance. I think basically the difference was 
was the Perth Wildcats imports. Vic Law was unstoppable with his 37 points. I think I think the, I think we did a pretty good job on Bryce Cotton. The only problem was they had Vic Law as a, as a second scoring option and I guess if you compare the the I mean both teams had two imports out there. The two for the Wildcats, Law and Cotton, combined for 53 points and and the two for Adelaide, unfortunately Dusty Hannes and Todd Withers combined for 17 points and it might be too simplistic to say that that was a difference, but it definitely had a big impact. Yeah, look, it did. I mean, we know what Rice Cotton could do. He's, he's the best player in the competition. And Vic Law, you know, he looked like the best player in the competition oh, on Friday yeah. night. He was he was astonishing. Uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, a guy we could have probably thrown, you know, either of those guys in Sunday Dex was, uh, was, was not playing. And that was a huge out, which I think I mentioned last week uh, to us. And, and the same thing against Illawarra, you know, uh, a Tyler Harvey or a Jester get mm-hmm. going, you know, we got the perfect foil for for those sort of players. So Sunday was a huge out. Um, as far as the imports go, look, it was certainly disappointing, but I, I guess with Todd Withers, you know, he's we're not expecting him to get 30 points every game. And, and I would say, you know, when you looked at the teams comparatively, you know, the, the Wildcats have a lot of, got a lot of guys who do play their role and know where they fit and, and you're going to expect the majority of the the shots and points to come from uh, Cotton and Vic, Vic Law, whereas you know, with us, it's probably they're probably still settling into who's you know who's got what role, and it's mm. probably more of an equal opportunity uh, offense uh, where we have a you know the possibility of six or seven guys getting in double figures. But I guess in saying that, I would have liked to see um, you know certainly in the second game, Daniel Johnson get more of the ball earlier on. Um, you know, especially when you've got such a, a known commodity that uh, you know can get your points every week. Uh, I'd like to see him look at, see us look at him a little bit earlier. But uh, um, and look, Dusty Hannes would want to have a you know a better weekend uh, coming up than than he did last weekend. And and once again, uh, you know what I've seen at training from him is is completely different to the player I saw in those two games. And mm. you know the the game here at home, he he, he looked quite nervous and. To me, I, there is no, there's not a, that is not a person who is a nervous yeah. type of player. He's supremely confident. So I, I don't know whether what the reasoning for that is, but um, you know, hopefully those, those, you know, he can get back on track and, and the team can, and we can uh, be sitting here next week with uh, with two wins and and, and back uh, back going, moving in the right direction. Well, now's as good a time as any to talk about about Dusty a little bit more because. We had all heard so much about how good of a shooter he was coming into the season. On this show a couple of weeks ago, Jamie Perlman said he's the best shooter that he's ever rebounded for in his life in basketball. And he's had, what is it, 30-plus years involved in in top-level basketball. So, I mean, we know how good of a shooter he is, but um, we talked about this off-air, but bringing it to air, it's a lot different shooting in practice with no pressure to then being able to create your shot and get a shot off during a game. I mean, is it... Is it a matter of, of him just having to work through this? Do the, do the team have to do something? Or is it all up to Dusty to, to figure this out himself? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's team as well. You know, we need to work out how to get him his best shots. And one of the other things, I didn't think at times we were setting, well, probably over the two games, I didn't think we set great screens. And, mm. uh, you know, Dusty is a guy who, you know, you want to be getting him loose, spring off screens, and and uh, you know, shoot those. For him not to hit a three over two games, you know, I, I can't imagine it's ever happened in his life. Mm. And he, you know, he really wasn't even looking for his three point shot in that 
game versus uh, Illawarra. Yeah. And uh, I just think, you know, the team knows, you know, when he catches the ball, the expectation is he is going to shoot the ball. And I think for the our offense to, to run effectively, he needs to take those shots. And if he misses, well, at least we're geared up offensive rebounding-wise. And, um, you, you know, I know everyone's got confidence in him to... To, to turn it around and um, but yeah it's it's uh, it's one of those things it's a new season I mean obviously he's got uh, you know came in with a lot of hype um, you know he you know Gorgon would have had a plan for him obviously yeah. and uh, and a lot of teams will but uh, once again if uh, you know we're getting our big guys setting the right screens uh, you know someone should be open and uh, I, I just encourage stuff to just to shoot the ball with confidence and yeah and do what we all know he, he can do. And, uh, yeah, he can turn it around pretty quickly. Interested in your thoughts on Todd Withers, because I think I think he looked pretty good, to be honest, across the two games. But he just didn't have the ball in his hands too often, especially on Friday night. If, I, I see him playing a similar role on the Adelaide team to what Vic Law plays on the Perth team. But the difference was Vic Law took 29 shots for, for Perth and, and Todd took four shots for, for the 36ers. Do we need to find a way to get him a bit more involved in the offense too? Uh, yeah, and once again, I think once you know we're finding our way and everyone's finding their roles. Look, Todd's not going to be a you know he, he won't take twenty nine shots in a in, in a <laughs> no, game this year. No. I, I reckon I reckon DJ is probably the only one that's a chance of doing that. <laughs> uh, and, and Dusty, Dusty, if he gets going, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know Todd is 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 that you know spare parts player that. He can do everything well. You know, he's a great defender. He can he can defend a mold shooter positions. He's athletic. He's a forty percent three point shooter. Um, he can get on the rim. He can do a lot of things. And I, I think he, you know, he's a guy that uh, he, you know is not just going to come out and and try and um, you know make his mark offensively. I think he's going to fill the gaps where he can. So. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry. We worry too much about him. I think if there's expectations that you know he's going to average twenty a game, well, I think that's unfounded. I don't think he's that type of player, and I don't think he was brought in to be that type of player. But uh, certainly, um, yeah, you know, there were, there, I guess there was a bit of hesitancy, you know, across the board, you know, and, and at times it looked like they weren't sure where they should be getting their shots from, and. Yeah, you've got to remember too. You know, there's eight or nine new guys in this yeah. in this lineup. Um, uh, you know, the other teams that we played have stability. You know, they, they've added players, but you know, they have a core of their team together. In saying that, I, I don't really want to use that as an excuse mm-hmm. because you know we can't be saying that in ten games when we're still getting used to each other. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of new players in this team. It's a new system. It's a new head coach. Um, oh, once again, there, there's talent there. They've they've just got to work out uh, how best to utilise everything and their talents. I think the biggest positive out of the two games was the form of Cam Besto. He looked he looked really really sharp to me. He looked like he's moving well. He looks healthy and he looks aggressive offensively. So he had 15 points in both games. Had seven rebounds in in the game in Perth and also had eight rebounds and four assists in the game against Illawarra. I think out of everything, he was the the great positive from the weekend. That was the real shining light. I yeah. mean, he's come as advertised, and I don't think there's anyone that doesn't think he can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the question mark's always been, you know, over his body, and yeah. uh, if he can stay injury-free, I guess that still remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, he was the best player, I thought, you know, here at home against Illawarra, and he wasn't too too far off it in, in Perth. Mm. And, uh, 
you know, if he can give you that sort of output on a on a daily basis, and, and we we start getting everyone else together, it can be a really dangerous team. So no, I I loved what I what I've seen for him at training, and and certainly in these first two games, and he, you know, he just just does all the all the right things. You know, he always seems to be in the right place on the court. Uh, he finishes well. He's, he's strong as an ox, and um, I think he's you know once again, uh, and it's. Probably the asterisk, but uh, if he can stay healthy, it's, uh, you know he'll, he'll be one of the real, uh, you know, real vital pickups for a team this year in the NBL. Yep, totally agree. Now, I think this next question probably goes a long way to describing why you're the basketball expert on this show and, and I'm not. Because coming into this season, I thought taking care of the ball would be a great strength of this of this team, and I thought between Mitch McCarron and and, and Dusty Hannes and, and Sunday Detch when he's back, and you know even Tad Duffelmeyer as well, that they would just take such great care of the ball. And the turnover rate of this team would be very low. Um, they had 35 of them in the two games on the weekend, so maybe I was reading things a bit wrong, or was it just two off games in terms of taking care of the ball? Well, mate, I, guess, I guess we'll see whether, whether it was an anomaly or not over mm. there. I, I, I'd like to think it was just one of those things where they're, you know, getting used to each other or trying too hard or, or not quite knowing where people were going to be. Um, you know, there was, there was clearly there was way too many turnovers and, and that'll be a, I know that'll be a focus with CJ, you know, this week. Um, I, I don't, uh, I, I'd like to think with a couple of people we're talking about that that won't continue to be a, be a problem because if it is, it will, will be a big problem. But, mm. um, you know, especially in the Illawarra game, it was just a, a, a you know, crucial times we just kept turning it over, and and yeah, you know, there were times we had you know three or four in a row that just uh, you know just it's just just not good enough at this level, and you just got to find a way to take care of the ball, especially if you've you've already turned the ball over. You know, you you've mm-hmm. got to make sure that the the next time down the floor that you're <laughs> you're getting a shot up, you know, and you're getting the ball in the right people's hands, and you're not making those uh, those mistakes now. You know, a, a positive turnover where you're trying to do the right thing, get the ball. People can live with that, sure. but when they're when they're careless turnovers and and they you know and they come in a bunch, then yeah. that that is a real concern. And uh, uh, you know, they uh, they drive coaches crazy. Mm. So uh, <laughs> there'll be no no question that'll be that'll be addressed. And um, I would be I'd be surprised. Yeah, if they uh, if that isn't a real focus on on everything they're talking about this week going into these next two games. Yeah, I mean we saw that coming out of halftime on Sunday, didn't we? Because going into halftime, I think the Hawks had finished the f- first half on a, I think it was a fourteen to five run, so they they worked their way on top, and then they came out and scored the first thirteen points of the third quarter as well. And and I mean I think you might have sort of seen some some. Discouraging signs at halftime as well. Did the energy just not quite quite seem that seem to be there? Yeah, it wasn't there, and it was. A, I was I was sitting next to Mike McKay, and uh, we, we were watching him warm up, and they, they were just so flat. And, mm-hmm. and and look, once again, there are there are reasons. I mean, they you know, Illawarra had been sitting here for two days waiting for us, and mm-hmm. we got got back from Perth at seven o'clock on Saturday night. And it was and an early the start game was, too. Yeah. And the game was a very early start. It was a 12.30 game. And, uh, you know, so the players were at the stadium at about 10.30 in the morning. So, yeah, but they, they did look, they looked, you know, alarmingly flat at half time, And uh, there just didn't seem to be the energy within the group. So, uh, um, 
you know, once again, it and and there was there was um, you know suggestions that they, you know, they were they were fatigued coming back from Perth, and and I, I get all that, and Perth's a long road trip, but you know, everybody has to do that, and it it, it can't be used as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be a reason for you know coming out and. And maybe being flat in patches, but um, you, you just got to find the energy within the group. And uh, you know, once again, I, I, I keep mentioning his name, but a Sunday Detch will yep. will help that. I mean, he was really vocal in the preseason, and uh, you know, if he's if he's a guy and sees any, I guess lack of energy and and you know things are a bit flat. I know he's a guy that can sort of get them together and lift things up. But you know, he wasn't there. Uh, I hope he's back on Thursday. Mm. Uh, but if it's not, they're going to have to find a way um, uh, just to generate that energy you know, within the group and make sure that uh, you know they come out with all guns blazing. Because we all know that this league is uh, an incredibly tough one, and if someone smells weakness from another team, that they're going to be in for a long night. And you know Tasmania are going to be up and about after you know winning their first game at home. They'll they'll have a good crowd down there, and uh, I I expect us to win, but. Uh, you know, it's it's not just going to happen when they roll the roll the balls out. We're going to have to be really ready to go. <laughs> the, the most fascinating thing about arriving back in Adelaide, you know, Saturday night and then having to play turn up at the arena Sunday morning was that the the last signing for the thirty sixes this season was Hiram Harris. So for the last couple of weeks, he's had to do his his quarantine and isolation in in Adelaide. So he, he wasn't able to join the team either in Tasmania or, or in Perth. And because the game was so early on Sunday, obviously the team didn't have a chance to have a shoot around. The first time he met his his new team was when they turned up for the arena to prepare for that game on Sunday. It's a it's a remarkable thing. I mean, could could you imagine playing your first game? He didn't hit the four, but I mean, he was suited up to play. Could you imagine playing with a team and you meet them for the first time that same morning? It's not ideal, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and, and I know they missed out by, it was a fairly short period of time, you know, with the quarantine about maybe getting him, you know, getting him with the team. And uh, look, it, it is, it's one of those things. I mean, we, we live in a different world now and um, it, it is what it is. But uh, no, like, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we knew he wasn't going to play on Sunday because he, as you said, he, he hasn't been with the team <laughs> yeah. at all. Um but uh, you, you know they'll, they'll have a couple of training sessions and uh, you know, be off to Tassie today. And um, you know I still think you know we can't really expect to see anything from him. Mm. I, I wouldn't expect him you know to only play minimal minutes over these uh, next couple of games, if if at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> really strange set mm. of circumstances there, where you're, you're meeting your t- teammates. Uh, for the first time, uh, you know, two hours before you play your first game, it's uh, it's it's nuts, isn't it? It's just uh, oh, it's just crazy, crazy at the moment. Yeah, it's a, it absolutely is okay. To wrap up this first segment, Scott, let's get on to our voting in our Player of the Year award. Obviously, Daniel Johnson is our reigning champion, and it was a lot of gee, it was a lot of fun speaking to him last week in a more relaxed environment where it wasn't so much an interview. He could sort of join us for the for the whole show. It was a, it was a lot of fun. So I hope you all enjoyed hearing from DJ. DJ last week. Um, now the game in Perth. How do, how does your voting look, Scotty? Uh, well, look, I think DJ uh, yeah gets off to a flyer again. I thought he was he was our best player, marginally ahead of uh, Cam Bairstow, mm-hmm. uh, who I gave the two votes to, and 
Uh, Mitch McCarron rounded it out for me. Um, you know, he nine assists, seven rebounds, uh, seven points. Um, it, it probably dropped off a little. Mm. You know, there, there were some guys who were okay, but uh, I thought um, they were probably the three for me uh, in, in the first game. Perhaps even more challenging to give them from Sunday's game, was it? Well, we talked about this last year during games, didn't it? When we, you know, like it's almost, you, you almost didn't want to give out some votes mm. uh, because you weren't sure we had three, uh, three players <laughs> that were deserving of it. So mm. I, I thought, I thought Cam Birthday was 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 comfortably our best player uh, in in that game. Um, uh, you know, as you said, he had the, uh, you know, he had the fifteen points in the in both games, and I thought, uh, you know, looked looked really good. Um, I guess. You know, when it comes down to the next couple, it starts getting a little bit, a uh, mm. little bit tough. Um, I thought probably, probably, um, wow, <laughs> probably Mitch McCarron. I probably think yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll get the two votes for me: twelve points, five rebounds, you know, four assists, and um, I'm going to give DJ one yeah. vote. I thought I thought Isaac um, just looked out of sorts a little bit. I mean, he, he, you know, he had 13 points and four rebounds, had the three turnovers, and and he's you know he's slowly getting back into it. He didn't uh, didn't have a, a lot on the court with the team in the preseason no, uh, he, through injuries. No, he, so. hasn't, he hasn't trained a lot, yeah, and he didn't play a lot um, of the points so, either. No, correct. So I think that's that's for me. Um, you know, and, and once again, I thought DJ probably didn't get enough uh, enough of the ball in, in that first three quarters. I just um, forgot about still him, managed. Didn't I? I forgot he was there. Yeah, it's, it's, it seemed to be. Once again, it's it, you know, sort of watching the game. It was it, it almost it did look like they were a new team together, not quite knowing where the shots were coming from. You know who, how to get the right people the right shot. Uh, as completely opposed to to Illawarra, they mm. always seemed to know where the ball was going and, and who was going to get the shots. And once again, there's a familiarity about that with with guys that played together last year, which which we haven't had. So um, that that will change. I, I you know like I'm, I'm I am really disappointed. Uh, you know, be sitting here zero and two, but I'm also you know, realistic enough to know that, you know, that these, this team will be better for the run. Uh, you know, the more time they spend together, the better they'll get. And uh, as you said, hopefully they can uh, turn around very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Okay, now before we get to CJ Bruden and our Ask the Coach segment, I wanted to just have a quick look at the other results from, from round one, Scott, and I'll, I'll run through the results. And you, maybe you can just tell me what stood out to you from, from the games. It started Friday night. Tasmania Jack Jumpers beat the Brisbane Bullets to open their life in the NBL in overtime, 83-74. to 74. And then on, on Saturday, um, South East Melbourne Phoenix beat us very, very shorthanded and probably disappointing. New Zealand break is eighty nine to sixty five, and then the triple header on on Sunday obviously started with it, with our game against the Hawks. But then the Sydney Kings beat another team that was shorthanded, Melbourne United, seventy nine to seventy four, and then things finished off back in Perth with the Wildcats beating the Taipans um, ninety to sixty seven. We don't have to talk about each game, but but what really stood out to you from the, some of those games in in round one, Scott? 
Oh, look, I love seeing uh, the Jack Jumpers win yeah. that first game. I thought that was that's a great thing. You know, first home game, you know, the emotion that uh, that, that would have created. And uh, then Jack Mavay would have loved in that three at the end of the game. Yeah. So, uh, um, so that was, I thought that was really exciting to see. Brisbane uh, were disappointing. Um, you know, once again, it's just tough with the emotion coming into that game. But, uh, you know, how, how, expect- big, how big a part in overtime did it? have when Nathan Sobey got ejected? I mean, the game just turned after that moment. Well, it did. It was uh, it was funny, you know, he had that three to put into overtime yeah. and uh, we, were, we were watching the game and having the, uh, with a couple of friends and having that normal coach debate, do you, do you foul and put him to the mm. line and, and not let them, which I've, I've, I'm certainly a fan of not, you know, because very rarely when you put a team to the line, you know, do they win in that situation, but how many times you see hit someone hit that three to, mm-hmm. to tie it up? Yep. It happens all the time. So, um, you know, and, and you know, like I, I thought technically it probably was the right call, you know. I know there's been a lot of conjecture about it and, and obviously his, his reaction didn't, didn't help things, mm. but um, um, it sort of looked, Did he, did he know, deserve like an it, ejection though? I mean, the call in the first place was the wrong call, wasn't it? Well, it sort of, I, I guess you, it, it probably... It, I don't know. Like it sort of looked, if you're a referee looking at that, you know, the way the arm sort of came up, maybe that, maybe that, you know, and, you know they, you know, they can only call what they see at the yeah. time. But yeah. uh, um, look, oh, I thought Tassie was was sort of getting on top of them at that stage yeah. anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it is what it is, you know. Like it's just nothing, nothing you can do about it now. But uh, um, so yeah, I, I thought that was probably the the highlight for me. The yeah. the Phoenix Phoenix New Zealand game was hard to watch. Uh, yeah, we had a lot. I had a lot for the second half, but I wasn't <laughs> focusing on it all that much. And I no. think you know New Zealand, you know, once again, again, will be on the road, and and now they're now they're battling sort of you know, you know, COVID with the team and coach yeah. and all that yeah. sort of stuff as well. So I, I think it's. Uh, you know, unfortunately, unless things turn around fairly quickly, they they could be in for another long haul uh, like last year. But yeah, certainly seriously undermanned in that game. Uh, no one's surprised about Perth uh, beating beating Cairns over there, and mm-hmm. um, probably no real surprise with Sydney being Melbourne. I know a lot of people have got Sydney pegged as you know title favourites are very close to it. So uh, so probably not a lot of lot of surprises mm-hmm. throughout the course of the weekend and. Uh, uh, once again, people are finding their feet at the moment, and uh, um, it, it's great. I'm just really happy that the season's underway. Uh, you know, at the moment, there's not too many hiccups happening, um, but uh, we know, as we've seen over the last year and a half, that can all change fairly quickly. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, things settles down and we get a, you know, basically, a, a, a hopefully, an interrupted uh, season of NBL basketball. Yep, let's hope so. Okay, so that's round one in the books. That's Take a deep breath. We'll let CJ Bruden take over with our, our questions from the fans and then we'll come back, Scott, and we'll take a look at round two and hopefully predict two more wins for the 30... or two wins for the 36ers. Okay, delighted to be joined by CJ Bruden for our first Ask the Coach segment here this season on on Sixers Fix, brought to you, of course, by Sports Card World. Um, CJ, before I 
hand you over to, to our fans and listeners. Um, how are you feeling two games into your NBL coaching career? How have you sort of summed up that opening round? Well, it wasn't a uh, start that anyone wants to, to have, but um, it's, uh, you know, I guess it's how we've been going about our business and trying to pick it up. And I think there was a lot of tired bodies once we touched down in the first, uh, looking at our, our crew, trying to find the best way to get ourselves up for uh, what was the start of the season. And, um, yeah, I thought that I think we competed and we, we battled the ball over quite a bit. You can tell that the fatigue kicked in, but uh, there was a lot of a, a lot of things to like, as, as it was throughout the preseason as well. Mm-hmm. Now, before I j- just one more from me before before I get get the listeners to ask their questions. I mean, when you were thinking about making your NBL coaching debut, could have you thought about better things to be greeted than having to to front up to Sean Redditch's face when you when you're trying to make him <laughs> make your coaching debut? Well, it was a, it was a, sorry, it's a, one of my family members. It was my brother's birthday. He was born on the 3rd of December. Uh, I used to wear number 41 when I played for the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. He turned 41. Coaching against the Wildcats, which is where my father won his first championship. Yep. And we moved when I was in, when I was in 80, 1987. We moved out west. Uh, yeah, and obviously... It was ironic just to be coaching him and then, yeah, Sean Redditch and commentating and then playing against him for a number of years. And, yeah, a lot of things have changed. But, uh, no, for me, it's a special moment, I guess, uh, any time you get to coach in the NBL. And, it was also where you played uh, your last game and won that championship. Yes, yep. yeah, in that arena, yeah. So, no, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of positive take from it and take from it. And, no, it was an exciting time. Hmm. Okay, now I'm going to hand you over to our 36ers fans, and I'm sure you've learned already that they they are very passionate and they they like to see their team win. So, so they they're, they're not they they like to get to the point in some of their questions. But we'll we'll keep things positive here on the show, CJ. And f- first up, we've got Kyle Wood. Um, he's asked, "How have you adjusted to the head coach role, and did you find it different not being involved in the selection of the team and having the cards dealt for you?" Um, I mean, it's, how, how do I feel uh, coaching? Is that, is that, yeah, you uh, how have you adjusted to to being the head coach and 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 then I guess taking over a team that you didn't get to select yourself? Yeah, well, definitely it's, it's different. I guess normally a process takes takes its time. Uh, and I guess with uh, the change of, of Connor and coming in. Um, it was what the time was left, and unfortunately, I had a surgery in the off season, so I didn't get to spend mm. as much time. But that's, for me, that's also looking at it like an excuse for coaches that had to come in later. Uh, but you know, you have to do stuff by Zoom and different things, and uh, everyone has a role to play in, in the organization and, and we keep, keep things moving forward. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't here when I got here earlier to be able to put stuff in, but. Uh, trying to trying to put a system in that complements everyone on this roster, and trying to teach them on the fly when they've all learned different ways and understanding that um, it takes time, which I know I've played a long time. So uh, as for not picking the roster, that's just part of the process of 
you know, getting in so late yeah. and having having a hand on it. But in saying that, I, I like the group. I like what's been put in front and, and continue to build. Now, I'm sure you're not surprised that we got some questions about, about Kai Soto. Um, the first one comes from The Foss, and he's he's asked, what role can you see Kai playing this season in a team stacked with bigs? Um, definitely have a, 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 the role that he had was at the start, I guess, was, you know, can he get on the court? Uh, will he help us? Uh, but then I was, in that moment for myself, I was like, I see the kid playing, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. Very, very handy, very helpful. And playing number number of positions in the competition. Uh, and once he got me, once I saw him on the floor with the group, because I knew what he was capable of doing, and he definitely ticked the boxes. And was on the curve of being able to do that straight away, and uh, you know, kind of set back to those folks after our careers throughout a season. And you know, unfortunately, he's not on the floor for us right now, but uh, definitely have him to them to contribute a lot more than people think is that kind of season. Now, Roy Tony 25 is a bit of a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not going to put his question to you, but he's basically kind of hinting at, <laughs> at Kai Soto not really being injured, not really being ready for for the for the league. Um, you pretty much answered it just there, that he, he is ready. Once he's healthy, he'll be able to play a, a role on the team. He is more than ready mm-hmm. uh, to contribute to this league, to this team. And when he does, and people start asking me questions, I'll be saying, well, you know, not, it's not surprising, yeah. you know, what he's capable of doing. And I'm pretty sure that people will love, not only Adelaide fans, he and Joel and the Filipinos will love what he's capable of doing when he gets in the theatre with this roster. And we did see a glimpse of that in the first game played at the Blitz, so I think he's definitely going to be able to have an impact. Now, the Fresh Prince of Lincoln is asked, other than winning games... And a championship. What are your goals as a coach for this season? Uh, the goal is keep improving each player. I think uh, you know we've got, we've got different. Everyone's got individual goals, and as a team, we've got to uh, keep improving every player, um, helping not only get stronger on the team, uh, how they fit into their role, and to help them develop as as people and humans. So I think if I if a player to team. Throughout the year and uh, by the end of the year, that helps us through the playoffs and the nation finals. And I know they've done a great job in, in working with them and their families. Yeah, no. Make that, make that happen come true. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 follow, following on from that, um, Payo Tommy has asked, which youngsters are you excited about developing the most and, and giving some game time to? Well, I think there's uh, not one in. I think uh, when the Swats were selected, uh, they all had you know, skill set that were capable of contributing to this, to this roster and, and building for the future. And I think for my team to uh, add these things that we have on our roster, we hopefully one day to take a roster spot at some point. Well, um, especially so Nick, Nick and Zach, they've both shown they can play in the NBL already, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I think showing that in the pre-season and allow for them to to get their feet wet um, and feel comfortable where they're, where they're at. Um, they're definitely showing that they can contribute and look forward to their progress throughout the season. Okay. Ashley Burrell has asked, what did you learn from your six championship teams that you played on 
that you can bring to this team to make them champions? I'm not sure there's a simple answer well, to that. Well, you enjoy your journey. Right? You, you mm-hmm. go in every day with the mindset to continue to work. Uh, every, every session, no matter you win or lose a game, uh, every practice session, uh, uh, every, every, every chance you get to get on the floor uh, to make a market in the group to show that you're, you're ready to go and contribute to the group. Um, and enjoy enjoying the, the journey. Like, if you're uh, on the road for two weeks and it is what it is, you, uh, you enjoy each other's families and you, you get back instead of looking around. Because every year the, the team changes. Mm. It's never the same in all three championships and every championship that was a part of never had the same roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but we learned how to, to work together and develop a relationship and contribution to help each other get better. Now, Blake Hand has asked, excluding Andre Lamanis, who have been the biggest influences on your coaching philosophy? Uh, I have to say my... It'd have to be my father. Yeah, I thought um, it would have to be your dad first of all. Yeah, he's um, he's had a, you know, I guess been around, been able to watch video with him as a as a young kid, uh, and you know, understanding of the game and throughout my journey as a as a player to, to tap into that and take some of those teachings along the way throughout every, everything I've been on and keep adding to it along the way and all the coaches that I've been a part of. Um, following on from that, I like this question from Mill Jack Steed. Do you have any coaches from outside the basketball community that you look up to or take inspiration from? Or I might even expand that to outside of Australian basketball, potentially sort of NBA or college coaches? Um, there's, a, oh, there's a lot of coaches, I guess, um, overseas that I've, that I've had in the computer with. Oh, actually, one... Um, Matt Olivich, who's not even in the NBA, hmm. he was actually a number 16 coach and uh, just a, a well-prepared and understanding of who each player is and how to get the mindset that he had and the delivery that he had for the group to be able to compete and you know, I took to win the, the state, state championships where we got to the finals and even though we lost to Victoria by, by a point and it was one of the junior experiences that I all did in my heart, not only the team, even though we weren't successful at winning, uh, just on how we went about our work, um, the way he taught us, uh, the way he held us, held us accountable as a junior, which, yeah, again, which developed throughout my career along the way. No, fantastic. Um, last one that I'll, I'll put to you. Now, your answer to this might very much depend if you know this person. It comes from James Kuhlman. I hope I've pronounced his name right. So I, I don't know if you know him or not, but he's asked, would you beat me in a one-on-one game? One-on-one pick-up game. Oh, well, not knowing who you are. Um, <laughs> very confident in my ability. And How are you so moving right now? You are you moving that. okay? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I might look like I waddle, and I might waddle, but... No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all mad because of your knee surgery. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, I'm good. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm able to, to get the job done, so I'll back myself. <laughs> I, I'd like to say that I'm not in trouble. I think it's hard to imagine you not being able to beat James. Sorry to sorry to say, James. Um, okay, did any of those stand out to you, CJ, to win our first prize here this season? And, and it's a nice prize. You, the winner will receive a, thanks to Sports Card World, an upper deck um, 
booster pack f- from the, the new Legacy Space Jam movie, valued at $79. Which question did you like the best? Uh, I think the question uh, was about your coaching philosophy. Mm. Uh, from overseas, I think it's um, something that, again, that every coach has got one and they've all got experiences behind it. And I think that was a great, great question to ask. Yeah, fantastic. Blake Hand, there you go. Blake, we'll get you your prize. And thanks to Sports Card World for that. CJ, before I let you go, you're in Hobart now preparing for tomorrow night. Yep. How much are you looking forward to the game tomorrow night and, and getting back out there? Super excited. Um, you know, well, I think uh, the, the boys are looking well rested. We got to go home for a couple of days. We had a good, good practice yesterday. Everyone's arrived here healthy and ready to get on the floor. We're looking forward to it. No, we're looking forward to it. Thanks very much for joining us, CJ, and we look forward to doing more of it throughout the season. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks to CJ Bruden for joining us on that Ask the Coach segment. Congratulations to, to Blake for winning our first prize thanks to Sports Card World. Now, let's keep moving, Scott, because we've got two big games to prepare for now in round two of the NBL, and the 36ers open this round Thursday night in Tasmania. It's familiar territory for them because they just spent three weeks down there, so that'll, that'll certainly hold no fears for them. We're hoping that Sunday Detch certainly will be, will be back. I'm not sure... Kai Soto or Mani Malu will be available, but hopefully Sunday is back. Before we talk about the game, how's Jack McVeigh going to go up against his his old team? Well, you know he's going to be you know he's going to be keyed up for it. That's yeah. for sure. So uh, and um, you know, like he he can score in a number of number of ways from a multitude of positions, as we know. So uh, he's he's going to be fired up to do well against his old, old team, as, as most people are. And I actually spoke look, to him. Is... I actually spoke to him this morning. He's very excited, and he even said yeah. he's, he's got some tricks up his sleeve. If he has to guard DJ, he's just concerned that that DJ might have more tricks than he's got. <laughs> yeah, I think if that matchup happens on a regular basis, I think uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape and with <laughs> with no. No offence to to Jack, mm. but that uh, that that one certainly works well in our favour. And uh, um, look, this is not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, they're they're going to be confident. They they've got their first win underway. They, you know, they're going to have a good crowd there. Um, yep. But 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 once again, I I, I feel that uh, you know on paper this is a game that we should win. Um, you know, and make the necessary adjustments. As we said, let, let's fingers crossed that Sunday's going to be playing. Um, I, I spoke to Manny uh, on Sunday, and, and he was confident that he was going to be going to be okay to to, to, to resume training and playing. No good, I because, Kai, because he looked really good in the couple of games he did play at the Blitz. He did. I, I like what I've seen of him. Yeah. He's, he's a great. He's a really good size. He's an athlete. He can shoot the ball. Um, you know, I, I think you know he can be an important part of the puzzle moving forward. I think Kai's still a ways away, um, you know, which is which is a bit of a concern because you know all the all the work that he did in the preseason mm. now is is uh, and I, I look I, I know they'll have him doing fitness stuff and that anyway, but it's, it's as we know it's very different to actually being on the court. So uh, hopefully he can get back on track uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, 
I do. I expect us to win, um, and, and you know, I would hopefully expect us to to go in there and and, and do it well. You know, sort of come away with a good win and bring that confidence back to uh, uh, Sunday at the Entertainment Centre uh, um, and have another good win there. How different would the feeling be in the group if they win Thursday night, coming back to play Sunday against the Breakers at the Entertainment Centre, or if they or if they lose and they're zero and three coming back home? What? How big of a difference does this first game make? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, people can say otherwise, but you know, the pressure's gonna gonna mount until you till you start winning a you know, till you yep. win a game. Yep. So um, you know, you come back, you you're confident, those little uh, little niggles don't hurt quite as much. Uh, you know, you get back into your own bed for a couple of days and and then it's uh, it's a two thirty game on Sunday, so mm. it's uh, it's it's a it's a better time. Um, and, and then you're up and about. So you lose that game, then there's you know, you're a bit more anxious to sort of make sure and come out and try try and win that game on Sunday. So it's 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 a huge thing from a from a mindset, you know, and the psyche of a player. You know, if you come back and you're zero and three, you're desperate to get that first win. Uh, so yeah, I, like I said, I hope that they uh, and, and I and I and I think they will. I think they'll go down to Tassie and and perform well and have a good win, uh, and then come back and uh, uh, win another one on uh, Sunday. Was the crowd a little bit disappointing last Sunday? Forty eight hundred there was the, I mean the early early time slot. I, I can't ever remember a game being as pl- being played as early as a as twelve thirty on a Sunday afternoon. Did that have an impact, or what do you think was behind the low numbers? And should we expect more people there on this on this Sunday? I think the, I think it was it was an incredibly early uh, early time, yeah. and it's not one that it's not one that we're you know we're, we're accustomed to. I think you know might. In talking to people within the club before the game, they were expecting six, six and a half. Mm. So to, to only get four eight would have been really disappointing. I mean, we were there at uh, um, the club organised for me to get a bunch of past players to uh, present singlets to yeah, um, yeah. The, the current players. So we were there at cord to eleven. It was you know like it was just a <laughs> that's too early. For, really is, that, is, is that too early for a wine? Well, it's funny you say that because uh, they took us into the VIP room afterwards. Uh, so we were in there by about half past eleven, and uh, Mike McKay and I just just uh, we just uh, I think we said let's just pretend it's a night game so we can have a glass of red before the game. But, uh, so it was everything was 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 early, and um, it was strange. Mm. But and whether that impacted upon the crowd, uh, which I'm sure it did. Um, but uh, yeah, let, let's let's hope that we can sort of get a get a decent crowd there on um, on Sunday at, at a more traditional time, if you like, and uh, and uh, make sure we see a good win. How important is it to not take the breakers lightly? I know CJ would never do that, but maybe subconsciously, if you know a team is not at full strength and are struggling a little bit, um, how important is it to to just not let that sneak into your mentality that that you might be playing a, a team that you're expected to beat. It's hugely important. I mean, it's it's uh, and and it and it does happen. With it, yeah. you know, it, it can happen regardless of of what the coach says or your your own mentality. You know, if anyone that watched them play the other night would go, well, they're terrible. You know, they they're, they're uh, you know they're going to struggle all year. Well, that, you know that's not going to be the case. I mean, there's still you know there's still some very very talented basketballers oh. out there on the floor that uh, can turn things around. Pretty quickly, and we we've seen that against them last year. Mm-hmm. You know, Finn Delaney is a 
is a class player and they've got some guys that can really play. So, um, you know, the good thing is, you know, that doesn't become a focus till, uh, you know, until the boys get home. Uh, at some stage on Friday, they won't even be thinking about the breakers yet. So uh, that gives them a couple of days and, and CJ and Jamie a couple of days to really, uh, you know, get that mindset right and then come out and make sure we've got the right focus and, and do what we need to do against the breakers. Now, looking forward to it. So we've got we've got Thursday night in in Hobart against the Jack Jumpers. Now, like I said, I spoke to Jack McVeigh earlier, Scotty, and he he wanted me to remind you and to let you know that he still very proudly got your thirty six a singlet, and he he doesn't mind <laughs> he doesn't mind putting it on when he's around the house still from time to time. Oh, well, that's a bit disappointing. He was uh, he was rocking it out in the supermarkets last year when he was in Adelaide. So uh, so uh, just just doing it at home now. Yeah, I guess a thirty six a a throwback 36 single is not going to be all that exciting uh, to people in Tasmania, is it? So, uh, no, he's, uh, he's a good lad. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit disappointing that he's not still here, but uh, he's moved on and he, he now becomes the enemy Thursday night and, mm. and he's a really important part of their puzzle. We've got to make sure that we do a, uh, you know, do a really good job on him and, and limit his opportunities. Yeah, and don't let his energy become infectious because we know... We know what that can do. So we look forward to that game on Thursday night. We look forward to everyone listening turning up to the Entertainment Centre on Sunday to watch the 36ers play the Breakers. Thank you for everyone who made this show possible. Thanks to Sports Card World for our Ask the Coach segment. Thank you to Australian Motors Mitsubishi for our Player of the Week award. Thank you to Premium Wine Tours for our Player of the Year award. And thank you to All Star Photos for their ongoing support. I'm Chris Pike. I'll wrap things up on Sixers Fix and leave you with the ever-so-wise words of the one and only Scott Ninnis. I'm not sure they're that wise, mate. Like, <laughs> last week I said we were going to go two on zero. We went zero and two. Mm. I've now said we're going to win these next two games and be two and two. So if we come back here and we're zero and four, uh, mate, we might have to wrap up the podcast to <laughs> get someone else to, uh, to give expert commentary. So, uh, no, looking forward to these games. Uh, as we've mentioned, it's, it's a quick turnaround, which is which is great. It's exactly what you want as a player after you've had a loss. So uh, hoping for big things this weekend and um, two wins for the 36ers.